Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Goal Get It podcast. I'm your host, Erin Hayworth. You're in the right place if you're an online women entrepreneur who is tired of constantly hustling, but you're still not reaching those big business and life goals. Each week, I'll share effective strategies for building, running, and up-leveling your profitable business, productivity hacks to help you maximize your limited time and energy, and some guidance on exactly how to tailor all that advice specifically to you and your business so you can start taking action on it immediately. So are you ready to dive in? Okay, so have you ever had this happen where as soon as things start to go good. You sign a new client or you book that guest interview that you've been waiting for, or you get some new highly engaged followers on social media. You get so excited. And then there's this little voice in the back of your head that speaks up just about the time you feel like you've got it all together and says, you don't deserve this success. It was just a lucky fluke. You can't do it again. You really aren't qualified. And What if they find out you were just pretending and you actually have no idea what you're doing? Sounds like a pretty mean little troll, right? That voice is awful. And that's your imposter syndrome. And it seems like all female entrepreneurs that I work with and have chatted with deal with their own imposter syndrome troll. And let's be honest, I've been there too. In February of 2020, I had my first five-figure cash month in business, and it was amazing. I was over the moon, but after that initial five minutes of celebration, I started that worry train. Can I do it again? Can I repeat it? Can I prove that it wasn't just a fluke or a one-time thing? Can I prove it to myself? Can I prove it to the people that follow me? Can I prove it to my family who I feel like are just waiting for me to fail? I got in my head and in my own way. March and April of that year were lackluster at best. It's that dreaded imposter syndrome, and we talk about it a lot, and I hear it as a buzzword now, and you've probably experienced it yourself, but I don't want to glaze over it because it's important. And if you're wondering, well, what exactly is imposter syndrome? Well, it's exactly what it sounds like. You feel like a fraud no matter how much you've achieved or how qualified you are, and it can be detrimental to your ability to get stuff done and get to where you want to go faster and easier and enjoy it whenever you do. But just like there are myths basically about anything, there are myths about imposter syndrome that keep some of us stuck in the shame spiral for much, much longer than is even necessary right? So it is commonly believed that only people who are new to entrepreneurship deal with imposter syndrome and that you will outgrow it at some point. If you get enough accomplishments, if you have enough achievements under your belt, if you have enough certifications, or you have enough this or enough that, that you'll outgrow it. Imposter syndrome is prevalent in entrepreneurship because at every new level, there are still challenges to handle and to deal with. And we have this idea that if something's hard, we are doing it wrong. So the myth, again, is only people new to entrepreneurship deal with imposter syndrome because it's new, it's something that they've never dealt with before, and that you will outgrow it whenever you figure out this whole entrepreneurship thing, right? The truth is that 
at every single level of entrepreneurship from somebody that's brand new to somebody that's been in it for three years like me to somebody who's maybe been in it for 10 years or different levels of success have had 100K years, million dollar years, seven figure years. It's prevalent because at every new level that you reach, there are new sets of challenges. The The challenges that I have now are not the challenges that I had when I was first starting my business. And they're not the challenges that I will be dealing with in two years from now either. And a lot of the time, this myth, the reason this myth comes up and, and kind of holds us back, or even this idea of imposter syndrome kind of holds us back, is we think we shouldn't still be dealing with it. And we think, well, if this is hard, if this is challenging, that's just my experience and I'm doing something wrong rather than it just being something that happens and normalizing those challenges. So the reality is, while starting a business, especially an online business, is easier now than ever before and running one and continuing to grow one, creating and running and scaling a successful, profitable business is no walk in the park. It doesn't matter what level you are at in life or in business, you are still susceptible to getting in your own head about feeling like a fraud. A-list stars, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, millionaires, all have indicated they still deal with imposter syndrome at some level, no matter their level of success. So it may help and may bring you a little bit of solace to know that you aren't alone and people like Lady Gaga and Maya Angelou and Serena Williams deal with this as well. But it isn't just enough to recognize it because like it or not, it's seriously affecting your forward momentum. To be honest, imposter syndrome is keeping you from making money and taking action and growing your reach, growing your influence, and it's keeping you held back. It's keeping you maybe not stuck necessarily, especially if you are aware that it's there, but it's hindering your ability to move forward at the rate that you want to move forward. So when we feel like a fraud, like we aren't qualified, we spend precious brain power on that worry, that worry of being found out or whatever it is, right? Like, I'm not as good as this. That's brain power that you're using to worry rather than using that same amount of energy and cognitive bandwidth to take strategic action to level up. Plus, if being more visible brings out those feelings of fraud, which don't feel great, I mean, think about it this way. When was the last time you showed up on social media and no matter what the response was, you were like, oh, did I sound like I knew what I was talking about, especially if you're doing a live or something like that? And if you have those feelings of fraud anytime that you start to make yourself more visible, which is necessary in the online entrepreneurship world at this point, you'll avoid those things that make you more visible. And those things that make you more visible are also the things that help more people recognize you for the expert that you are and for the medicine that you can provide them and for you being the one that can guide them through solving their problem. And let's be honest. Imposter syndrome is a defense mechanism. It's a defense mechanism left over from our caveman days when if we stepped out of line and didn't belong somewhere and stood out at all, it almost it, it meant almost certain death because it was kind of hard to survive on your own back then, right? Like evolutionarily, it makes sense. Change and rejection 
equaled death, which was bad. So you couldn't procreate, right? So those that were a little bit more roll with the pack, don't stand out, you know, were able to survive and pass along those genes, right? We are hardwired to want to belong. And often that means not changing the status quo, not standing out. But you don't have to live in the fraud shame spiral forever, nor do you have to live a life of mediocrity. Okay, your survival is not dependent on you not standing out any longer. When you are feeling short on confidence and you feel like you have kind of a little bit of just shame around who you are or a lack of confidence in who you are, a lack of clarity around who you are and have little belief in who you are, I actually have a few things that you can do. It's a process that you can utilize in order to short circuit the fraud spiral. Now, why would you want to short circuit this fraud spiral? Well, like I just said, it's holding you back. Every minute that you stay in imposter syndrome and let it continue to fester and take up precious cognitive bandwidth and energy, that's cognitive bandwidth and energy you're not using to push yourself forward, to achieving your next level. And so this is a process that you can use to, yes, initially it's going to take a little bit more time than just shoving the imposter syndrome under the rug, but was shoving imposter syndrome under the rug really the best way to deal with it? No. The idea here is the more you do something, the more of a default it becomes. And if you can deal with the imposter syndrome rather than pretend it doesn't exist, but it still does, you're going to be able to eventually get to the point where imposter syndrome isn't something that's holding you back, okay? Both emotionally, intellectually, but also from an energetic standpoint as well. So here is the process. The first step is to not ignore it but to get curious. So I want you to ask yourself, what is actually holding you back? Where is the resistance coming from? Where is this story of imposter syndrome really coming from? Are you focusing on doing things that actually mean something to you or does it not really matter at all? Are you striving to meet and exceed other people's expectations or your own? And sometimes just asking the questions makes it easier to step out of the fear and make more logical decisions or make more logical connections with things, right? Because when we are standing in a place of fear, it's not necessarily fear of what the thing is. Like It's not fear of being found out necessarily. It's fear of the unknown. Because once you once you figure out what the fear actually is, like the deep down dark thing that you quote unquote are afraid of, then you have to deal with it. So it's almost like fear of if I dig deeper into this, what am I going to find? And am I capable of actually dealing with it? So here's a little bit more of like an action step on how to do this. If you start to feel anxious, if you start to feel like a fraud, look at the thoughts that are causing you to feel that way. Look at the stories that you're telling yourself that are causing you to feel that way. And then dig deeper to understand what things in the outside world and the objective world led to that thought. So we have no control over external circumstances, right? I talk about this a lot, but we don't have control over all the different people and situations in our life. We have control over our own actions, our own feelings, our own thoughts, right? Right? 
So when we start to look at the thoughts that develop from circumstances, the stories that we tell ourselves based on those external circumstances, you can always change what the thought is. So if the thought is something like, oh, I had this successful thing happen, say you signed a new client unexpectedly and it felt really, really easy. The thought that could lead to imposter syndrome or feeling like a fraud is, I was lucky, I didn't deserve this, I didn't earn it, right? But if you look at that same external circumstance of you signing a new client unexpectedly and extremely easily, you could change the thought to, well, what if it's, I'm a great coach who knows what I'm doing and I can clearly communicate the value through both my active and passive marketing efforts. See, that's, that's different. And so rather than it being a fluke or I was just lucky or this person doesn't know what they're getting themselves into, it's, well, what if this person just saw all the work that I've been doing on Instagram and they've been following me for four or five months and they've really resonated with a lot of what they have heard and what I've said and everything like that. And so for them to go from a lurker to ideal client who actually signs up with me, that wasn't, you know, easily and doing that easily wasn't necessarily luck. It was my marketing, my efforts actually working because the way that I'm showing up makes sense. And so if that is the thought that it changes to, then the feeling changes. The feeling is no longer I'm a fraud. The feeling is then like, okay, I'm competent. I'm a total badass. Like, cool. This is great. Which then leads you to deliver excellent value to that client and market, continue to do your marketing to other potential clients rather than if you feel like a fraud is getting stuck in that shame spiral and that's the action that you take is worry or no action at all. And when you deliver excellent value to your client, whenever the actions come from feelings that are positive and and help you move forward, the results, well, think about it this way. If, If you had a client sign up for you and you didn't believe you deserve them and you didn't deliver excellent value, what are the results likely to be? An unhappy client. But if you change that thought and say, I'm a great coach who knows what I'm doing, I can clearly communicate the value through the active and passive marketing efforts that I've been doing. I feel like a total badass. I feel super competent. So I'm going to deliver excellent value to my client. I'm going to market to other potential clients. So the results are you have a happy client, which means more word of mouth referrals and even better marketing. So you have an influx of clients and money by approaching imposter syndrome as not as just something you have to deal with, but as with curiosity and as a question that you can dive deeper into and understand what is behind it and then reframe it, you actually get yourself better results in real in the real world. It's not just all in your head. It's in the real world. So That's where that kind of second part comes in, which is removing the limiting belief and the broken stories. We create our beliefs, those thoughts, from stories that we tell ourselves about external circumstances, right? So you get to be the one that reframes that to make it exactly what you need it to be in any given situation. If it's not serving you, go back and look at the thought and choose a better one. Because success is not a straight shot up. Each new level, each new idea has its own unique set of issues and challenges and BS, basically. And rather than 
internalizing those speed bumps as something being wrong with you, you can change the mindset of success to include those speed bumps. So it's, I talk about this all the time, normalizing the challenge. Because if everything's always a piece of cake and nothing ever challenges you, chances are you aren't trying hard enough or you aren't doing what you need to do in order to level up. Challenges are a part of it. It's part of success. Okay, so if you can normalize that not everything's always going to go right and choose what thoughts you're going to take from, you know, the, the example I just gave was you signed a new client unexpectedly. That was a really like potentially positive thing, right? Well, how do you do this with something that's a little bit negative, right? Because imposter syndrome, we usually think about it as, I had the success, I don't believe I deserved it. But then what it, what happens when you actually have experiences that back up things like, I don't feel like I'm qualified enough because the six other clients didn't sign up with me that I had sales calls with? So how do you look at something that is a challenge? How do you look at something that is potentially could be evidence for you not being good enough or you not knowing what you're talking about and how do you use that to reframe it and still move forward well let's think about it this way if you had seven clients or seven potential clients that you had sales calls with and only one of them signed up that is a 16 percent I think I'm trying to math on the spot here 16 percent conversion rate it's still not bad. I think industry standard in the entrepreneurial online entrepreneurial world is like 10% or something like that. So still not bad. But when you think about, you're going to focus on those six that you didn't get, right? But what if instead of saying, oh, I didn't sign six of those seven people, I'm not very good at sales calls. I'm not, I mean, there might be room for improvement on those sales calls. Sure. But in that moment when you're thinking, mm, I'm no good, I don't know what I'm talking about, I don't know what I'm doing, what if instead you reframed it to, okay, and this isn't about like wishful thinking, it's, it's about real life stuff, because if you're just trying to lie to yourself, it's not going to stick. Your brain's not dumb. So you're like, okay, well, six out of the seven. So I signed one. That's brilliant. What about that one client made them an ideal client? What about those six clients made them not an ideal client? Whether it was they weren't ready to invest, they didn't have the right mindset, they just weren't a good fit for who you were as a coach. Maybe two of them, you didn't even offer your coaching package or your done-for-you services package to because you knew that they weren't an ideal client that you wanted to work with. So then rather than it being something where you're like, I'm a failure, it can be, well, I signed one out of the seven, which was brilliant. So that's one thought. And then you can start stacking the other thoughts on top of it. Two out of those seven just weren't, you know, two out of the six that I didn't sign, they just weren't great. So I didn't even offer it to them. I made that decision and I'm the one that was able to take the knowledge that I have, the experience that I have, and know that they weren't the right fit for what I have. It takes a real CEO, a real entrepreneur to turn down potential clients, potential money-making opportunities when they don't fit. And that's not something that everybody has mastered yet. So that's that's a piece of it. Maybe some of the other ones are like, you know, they have to be in this. They, you know, the other four, they just weren't in a place 
mindset-wise where they were ready to invest in themselves, which means that they weren't ready for this transformation either. So it gets to be not about you, right? The stories aren't about you. The reasons why people don't behave in the ways that you think they should aren't about you. Your business is not about you. And so it gets to be something where you step back and look at things objectively rather than internalizing when stuff happens that isn't necessarily a straight shot of you leveling up and getting to your next level of success, of revenue, of income, whatever it might be. So all of that to say, the presence of challenges is not an indication that you are wrong, that you are failing, or that you are not cut out for this, okay? So this last step in this process is one that you will keep coming back to over and over again, and it will be something that you continue to utilize, and it will become more and more of a habit. But it's to create a practice to battle imposter syndrome so that you can maintain momentum. That's what this whole thing is about. So here's a few different ways that you can do that. The first is to leverage your strengths to build your confidence, right? We have a negativity bias, which basically just means we remember the bad things way more than we remember the good things. Like in the example I just gave, you're going to focus on the six clients you didn't sign over the one client you did sign, right? And you might be like, well, that just makes more sense in terms of you know pure math. Okay, But again, how many of those are actually ideal clients, right? Negativity bias just means we focus way more on the negative than we do on the positive. So we remember our failures, quote-unquote failures, or missteps much more clearly than all of the amazing things that we've done right. We aren't, and this is evolutionary as well, right? If we pay attention to the negative things, the things that are likely to, you know, back in the caveman days, the things that were likely to kill us, (laughs) rather than the things that were likely to not kill us, you're going to pay attention to where were the the dangerous things more so than the non-dangerous things, right? So the way that this shows up in building a practice is this is how your brain is default wired, but that doesn't mean that that's got to remain the way that you're thinking. You can intentionally remind yourself of all the things that you are amazing at and the things that you've achieved, I actually take my one-on-one clients and students through an exercise often whenever they start to feel like they're not enough, and it's to create an accomplishments list. And it can be for your whole life, it can be for the past year, a month's-long timeline, or even just the past 48 hours. And the idea is that you show yourself that you are awesome, that you are a high achiever, and that you've come a really long way. And so all you're doing is once you decide what your timeline is— is writing down all the things that you've accomplished over that timeline. So if you're doing your life, it's going to be probably bigger things, right? Like, I've graduated high school, I graduated college, I have this, I have that, I was able to buy a house, or I was able to build this business 1,300% from the first year to the second year, and then 500% from the second year to the third year, you know, like things like that. And you're just making a ridiculous list of all the things that you've done and you've done really, really well. I've done this on calls, course calls before, Q&A calls with my students before, and we end up filling up my whiteboards, my, my dry erase boards that I have just with something that people have done over the weekend. So it's possible. You just have to start 
thinking about those things. And the reason this is effective is, like I said, often we don't think about what are the things that I've actually done. And whenever you start to see it, whenever you start to see it laid out, you're like, oh, okay, I've got this. I am doing things right. I am moving forward. But you sometimes have to remind yourself of that. So that's one way, one thing that you can add to your practice for battling imposter syndrome. Another thing that you can do is to hire a coach. Having someone else help jolt you out of the fraud spiral can be invaluable. Not only can they help you see how awesome you are, but they can provide perspective to help you keep you from falling back into the the shame spiral as soon as you hop off of Zoom or off of Voxer. And I've been on both sides of this relationship, both needing to be reminded of my awesomeness and helping others remember that what they are doing is valuable to the world and that they are really worthy of success, right? So I'm going to recap this process and then I have an action step for you. So the process, the three-step process is to get curious. It's the first step. Don't ignore the imposter syndrome. Don't try to push it down and be like, oh, I'm just dealing with it. There's just part of it. Get curious about it. The second thing is to remove the limiting beliefs and the broken stories and replace them with something that is helpful, right? Is going to help move you forward. And then the third is to create a regular practice around how you're dealing with imposter syndrome. If you need help breaking those stories or reframing it, you can use things like an accomplishments list. You can use things like having somebody that you can talk to, a coach or a friend who can remind you of your awesomeness and give you a different perspective as well. So I like to always end each episode with an action step that you can take right now to help you move forward and begin to implement immediately. And here's your action step for this episode. If you are experiencing feelings of imposter syndrome, get curious. Start by separating yourself from those feelings. Those feelings aren't you. Those are just feelings you're having. And then start journaling. Free write about what you are feeling, how it is familiar, and why you think those thoughts are coming up for you. And if you want some step-by-step help, go check out the brand new Overcoming Imposter Syndrome Kit at workwithprocess.co forward slash kits. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to check out the Goal Get It podcast. If you never want to miss an episode, you can hit subscribe to make sure you're the first to get your new episode every single week. And if you'd like to connect outside your headphones, head on over to Instagram and DM me at workwithprocess. I can't wait to chat with you more. Chat soon.